0: A preemptive stent, never reduces mortality. Our number one priority is to invest in health businesses. And the hard part was not selling the company, but dealing with the politics inside Milliman to sell the company.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Today, we are gonna jump into some fun topics and I'm gonna feed right into it right now because our guest today, John Shreve, is in the medical industry and he is insurance medical all the all the fun stuff that we all need don't always like to be involved with but john does so john jump in and tell us who you are and what do you do
0: all right uh so i'm john Sharif i'm actually an actuary by, by uh, training awesome uh but i'm the president of mcg health okay and mcg health is a uh company that uh uh produces medical guidelines about uh what's the the most appropriate thing to do in various situations we have a staff of doctors and nurses who read all the medical evidence and and interpret it and 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 uh and report back and these guidelines are used by more than half of the payers in the country and almost half of the hospitals in the country wow uh to help them have conversations about you know what's appropriate care uh in various situations um and that that's sort of our roots and then from there we've turned into a medical technology company where we have software and now we're we're automating the uh, authorization process which involves connections between all these parties as well as uh looking at the electronic medical record and figuring out what we can conclude about the guidelines before a person gets involved
1: i love it uh you just you unloaded a lot of stuff right there like a lot <laughs> of stuff um uh, tell us about like you, you very subtly said i'm an actuary what do you call it? actuary? actuary yeah. All right, yeah. by trade now i i am vaguely familiar with what that does but i would say the majority of people in our society have no idea what an actuary is what is yeah. that like? What, what have you been trained in to give you this this unique insight into what you do?
0: Yeah. So the uh, my short answer to what an actuary is is an actuary is the odds maker for an insurance company. Love it. So so it's a strong you know. It's, so I'm a uh, you know math by background. Actually, my father was a math professor. Awesome. Um, and then and then moved into that. Moved into actuarial consulting. And then, actually, this business grew up inside of our consulting business before we spun it out. Awesome,
1: awesome. All right, and and so your real clients are who? Like, it's not the end user. It, it who is your actual client?
0: So, so at a company level, it's it's a a health insurance company or managed healthcare plan. Great. Or a hospital. We have a handful of other. Uh, other ones, but those are the vast majority of our of our customers. And at those customers, uh, it's usually a medical director or a director of case management or something along those lines. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome.
1: I mean, you know, a lot of people look at healthcare and they don't really look at it from a business perspective. Um, you know, they, they think it's all about the healthcare, which I mean, obviously, it is at its root. But but every one of these organizations you just talked about, they are a business and they need to be profitable and they don't just depend on the welfare of everyone around them and, and, and the government. They are an actual business trying to be efficient and trying to be profitable and trying to make good business decisions. How do you help these companies
0: to be more effective in their business? Well... We kind of think about it by saying, saying while the patient is not our customer, we put the patient at the center. So awesome. So we write the guideline as in, as in what's the very best for each person. Um, and it's because we do that, that both sides trust us. Love it. Um, so, it's a, um, uh, so we are saying these and, are the and most- And both
1: sides things. meaning who? The hospital and both. the insurance.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. So let's say healthcare providers and and healthcare payers. Love it. In in broad strokes. So Love, Love it. So we're we're uh, we're helping both of them figure out the the right thing to be doing, um, so that you know in the end financially they get to the right spot as well. And the uh, thing that people. know, people think about oh, the insurance companies denying care all the time, right? Um, uh, There's a flip side to that as well, which is, is healthcare providers doing things you don't need on a regular basis. And so yes, so it's uh, the insurance companies are denying things because uh, they're, you know, from their point of view, they're uh, being asked (laughs) to pay for things that aren't appropriate, right? And and there's the other side of it as well. You know, so it's, I'm not, I'm also not defending the insurance companies there. I'm just saying that right. the, the sides of that coin that people often don't recognize.
1: They they almost never do, do they? It's, it's no, until you say, why do you need me to go run that test? <laughs> there may not be any reason for you to go run that test, but they're getting paid for it. <laughs>
0: so that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, I actually had a personal experience where, uh, one of our editors was was talking about how stents, yeah, um, hardly you know, uh, if you haven't had an, a, a, an event, so sort of a, a preemptive stent, never reduces mortality, right? And I remember he was like, like maybe it reduces chest pain, <laughs> and then two years later he came back and said it doesn't reduce chest pain either, um, <laughs> okay. and then. And then my father says, and he's a um he flies a little mooney. Um uh-huh. and uh, so he needed his FAA physical and he's yeah. having his FAA physical. And the doc said, Oh, I don't like how your heart signs sounds. Maybe you'll need a stint. And I was like, Stop, you know, do, do not do that. <laughs> don't um, take me out of my uh, Mooney.
1: I love little moonies, those are fun right. little planes. Well, so yeah. so you really are, um, for all intents and purposes, those listening He's got a great business helping us, the consumer, when dealing with the game that's being played between insurance and hospitals or healthcare yes. providers. Okay, I love it. Love your business even more now than I did before. So, now that we know what you do, tell us about your actual business. I mean, you've you've been in business since at least 2007 with this structure, right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And and that's a long time for most people thinking about their own businesses. They're thinking, okay, I started two years ago, five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. That is a great life cycle for business. Tell us about your growth journey and where you're at now versus, you know, are there highlights along the way that, that you feel like were pivotal moments where you were able to grow the business?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So I'll actually go back. 2001 was when, within our consulting firm milliman um we have sponsors which are really owners of practices and a group of us bought this practice from another uh set of of actuaries at milliman gotcha um so i was the chairman of the company from starting 2001 and i became ceo in 2007 when the current management was having trouble putting a budget together um (laughs) And so I said I'll step in, but I was doing it on a part-time basis because right. I was running an actual consulting practice and and several other things at the same time. Right. Um, and so, sort of in the late two thousands, I was gradually getting involved in the business. You know, a lot, a lot of it was running itself, uh, but I was also getting more involved um, until I got up to full time. And in twenty twelve, um, we took it and we sold it actually to Hearst Corporation. Okay. So the uh, sorry, I'm getting getting uh, phone calls showing up over here. Yeah, we'll Um, we'll knock that out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The uh, uh, so in 2012, we decided to move it outside of Milliman and we sold it to Hearst Corporation. Okay. So we've been with Hearst ever since then. Awesome. Um, And uh, uh, so for me, it's just been um, so I so this is sort of sort of the path and, right. and uh, I just enjoy growing it and I'm continuing to do so.
1: I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do. There's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about, I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a, a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council, it is an organization that we are put together with podcast guests as well as people who are listening who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're going to love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're going to love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. So, so um, what, is that, what does that actually mean? So, so as you sell the company to hers, so, so backing up a step. So 2001, you were involved with the kind of the core agency or, or the group that you now call your business, right? I mean, you, yeah. yes. and then in 2007, there was some funky stuff going on with, with leadership and budgets, things like that. You jumped in to kind of say, all right, look, let, let's just do this the right way. And And somewhere along the way, you sold to Hearst Corporation, which is a massive organization. And you're growing within that ecosystem now. Is that right? That's right.
0: That's right.
1: Awesome, awesome. now, now, was that a strategic sell into Hearst like what what was the value of bringing uh, becoming part of their umbrella of companies?
0: Yeah. So it was a combination of things so so one was that the fifteen people who bought the business inside of Milliman in two thousand one, a number were you ready to retire and we didn't have a good. Good exit for them. Makes sense. I was the last one of the fifteen who said, "Yeah, I agree that we should sell," uh, because I thought I was going to retire at Milliman uh, <laughs> right. as an actual. Right. Um, but but we got to that point. But the other side, probably more important for the business, is that running a product company inside a consulting firm um, wasn't working all that well. So right, uh, you know, they weren't being, you know purposely, you know, obstructionist or anything, but it was just, I, I described it as sand in the gears. It's like, right, like, right. why aren't you following our policies on, on this, that, or the other thing? Well, because we're not consulting right. um, and the policies are written for consulting. Um, and, uh, oh, and we have these rules and those and so forth. So right. the, uh, uh, when we went to Hearst, then our sister companies, We had similar profile stocks. I got you. I got you. And and we started learning back and forth from them. And actually, I have a graph of revenue uh, that shows the, uh, uh, I I put a little Hearst marker on it, and it was growing, and then it started growing faster after we we joined Hearst. So really getting to the right environment uh, where, you know, my goals are the same as as, a you know, my boss's goals are, uh, uh, we can just go. That's really cool. So, so you feel
1: like becoming, you know, selling the company into a bigger organization was a great move because not only were you better funded, I- I'm assuming, and some people got their exits, but also because you were able to strategically align with not only the mission vision of the mother company, but also the sister companies who were, in relevant playing field as you. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so at this point we have four sister health companies and we have other when we first joined Hearst we were in a group called Hearst Business Media. Um and that included some transportation businesses and okay. financial businesses. They've since split it out because the Hearst board has said our number one priority is to invest in health businesses so gotcha. sort of the uh the, the, we're going in that direction as we go forward.
1: Very cool. Very cool. I I love this story. This is a fun growth story because I think a lot of people out there, you know, when they think of they, when they think of growing their business, they get so excited about the business. They don't really think about exits or or being acquired or you know, a lot of them fail to think about what happens if you know, if we do want to exit some of the partners, yeah. if we do yep. want, I think this is a great fascinating story. Is there a, is there something you feel like you did really right? And then after that, I'm going to ask you, is there something you did really wrong in making that move?
0: You know, I, I guess in the end, you know, we, we, we had decided that, that we're, we're leaving Milliman. I think the choice of Hearst was very much right because we had awesome. in the end, like four other offers. Um, and and when I look at each of the four, and I won't name those, but when I look at each of the four and where we would have ended up subsequently, yeah, um, it, it uh, uh, there's no way it would have worked out. It The interesting thing is Hearst and Milliman are both private companies. Uh, so that, you know, when I look at the uh, public ones, that's not the environment I right. work in. Right, right. Um, and uh, uh and they have strong, both companies have strong intellectual leadership. Um, cool. And so sort of that combination of, you know, so we, you know, we have opinions about the the things that we're doing and, uh, right. uh, and we're out there, uh, out there talking about them. And so, so, so in some ways, very, very similar, in some ways they couldn't be more different because, you know, Hearst is sitting in a, Trust fund that was created when William Randolph Hearst died in the '50s, um, <laughs> and uh, and their and management's job is to grow the size of the trust fund, Love it, and so that's what they're doing. That makes well, sense. Milliman's more, yeah, and Milliman's more employee owned, and it's for the benefit of the employees, right? Um, so so it's uh, you know, two very different things, but very different uh, model,
1: uh, yeah, like very that. different model,
0: yeah. So so as you but similar feel in the, end.
1: yeah, and as you make that transition. And and this doesn't necessarily need to be a, a point as to something that maybe was done wrong or or anything like that. But but what has been your biggest challenge in those transitions? I guess I should ask. Has it been difficult, or or is it pretty easy, pretty easy?
0: It, so I always say the hardest year I ever worked was 2012, and the hard part was not selling the company but dealing with the politics inside Milliman to sell the company. I see. Um,
1: Interesting. So, that
0: was, so Because that's a partnership in effect. Right. Um, and so you just have a lot of things to deal with. Opinions. Um, yeah. 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 At Hearst, I would say, say, you know, so my boss is the president of Hearst Health and his boss is president of Hearst. Um, and the three of us are very much aligned and it's very easy to work with them. And, and make the right decisions. Uh, you know, so I don't awesome. feel like, um, over-managed or whatever. Awesome. But one challenging part is corporate staff sometimes feels like they, they should tell you what to do. Um, as right. opposed to being a service organization. Of and, course. And I like to remind them of it, but, uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, and it goes both ways. There are times when they need to tell us what to do. Right. Uh, but right. mostly right, right. it's, uh, um, uh how do we how do we align it so that you know their job should be how do i help mcg and all the other companies grow as much as possible right um right and uh and so you know and we have some great corporate support in that regard like uh uh you know our legal support is just fantastic for example um but uh um the uh uh, but other times they can get too bureaucratic, and so we. Yeah, I love it. So that's that's the one challenge here. But mostly, and that's
1: that's where um, every that's where yeah. every founder listening to this is thinking: oh, Do I want to become part of a bureaucracy? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Well, and, but that's where my boss and his boss, you know, so are are so aligned right. that it's that it's not. He it doesn't feel that way for the most part. A problem, um, and and maybe it's more like. The parts of, of uh, our company, the touch, uh, the the bureaucracy have more. so not me as much as right. my finance guy and my HR. Um, uh, that makes it's, sense. It's just uh, uh, they 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 have to deal with more of it than than the rest of us do. So I love just, uh, it. A um, little bit on technology. It,
1: yeah, what, yeah. what advice do you? So, what advice do you give a founder who is or even a founder group like what you what you were dealing with, what am I give to them in terms of making that decision to ultimately be acquired, uh, to continue to operate after the acquisition versus just leaving and exiting? What are some of your thoughts on those couple of things?
0: Yeah. So so I've seen um, you know many people who who have exited and then you know, we're tied in for two years and then left. Right. Right, So, right. Right. Um, and, and if they're, you know, if they have a desire to do something else, that's great. Right. Right. So that's, that's a good direction. If on the other hand, it's sort of, uh, you know, you love what you do. Right. Um, it's a good chance to to continue to, to grow it and build it up from there. So it's, uh, um, uh, so it's an individualized choice of whether you keep keep going with it or not. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I love working with everybody at the company. So it's, yeah. like, uh, when I think of doing something different, it's like, yeah, that, uh you know, or even retiring. It's like, no, <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. Um, that's awesome. So that's, uh, um, so that's, that's where, where that's that great.
1: is. That's great. That's great. Well, I I appreciate that because I think a lot of people do find themselves very, very torn as to what should I do? And to your point, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You you either you you can completely just go away from the business, do your own thing or sticking with it isn't such a negative thing because you have a group supporting you. You have more. Yeah, to your point, a finance guy, an HR person who's kind of coming in and helping you regularly bring you up to speed because likely most companies aren't up to speed as right. they would be if they were part of a bigger organization
0: and and it's less of bringing us up to speed it's more of we have those people uh, and they're the boundaries that that deal with some of the the more bureaucratic side
1: love it love it now I always ask founders this and 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 operators of, of businesses who is it that is in your circle who is Kind of that that mentor or pillar that you kind of go to keeps you motivated, keeps you inspired to to build and grow your business.
0: Yeah, it's at the core. The people that I work with most are the the ones on my team.
1: Awesome.
0: Um, and and you know they, um, and, and in the end, actually, uh, as a leader, I feel my most important job is to make them make decisions. Right. So I'm I'm relying upon them to help us figure out where we're going. Right. Uh, and and I have one woman, Lynn, Linda Micholo who joined the company 2004, 2005 and has been with us ever since. And awesome. She just drives the uh, the I'd say she drives the culture of the company in in a in a fantastic way. I love it. Um, so everybody she's needs that person. In my they? right hand along. That's right. Yep.
1: Ah, love it. Yeah. Love it. I love shout outs like that, too. Good call. Well, listen, how do people follow you if they're interested in what you're up to? Are you, are you around on LinkedIn or other places on social media?
0: Yeah. So I, uh, I do some, some fairly regular postings on LinkedIn. So that's the best, best place to find me.
1: Okay. Well, we'll put links to you in the show notes and, uh, and to your business and everything you got going on. So I appreciate you you so much for being here today. Thanks for sharing your insights with us. My pleasure. Hey, I hope that interview was good for you. I absolutely loved it. What a fun, fun story. I mean, you don't hear about people sticking around in one business for this long in general, but when you do, it's fascinating to see the effects of growth uh, before acquisition, growth after acquisition, and all the stuff that happened in the middle. Very fascinating stuff. If you're in a business that is considering growing through acquisition or being or acquiring listen to this interview share it with with others that need to hear it like subscribe and put in the comments below the name of your business and are you considering acquisition or are you considering acquiring what are you doing to grow and enhance your business i want to know throw it in the notes we'll talk to you later and we hope to see you in our community thanks for being involved with the growth and scaling podcast and we will see you on the next episode Like, share, subscribe, send it to anyone you can. We'll see you later.